0: The road less traveled, principle number two, consuming content versus producing it. We are all born with a desire to achieve, to be the heroes and heroines we look up to. We all resonate with stories where the peasant becomes the knight, the pauper becomes the princess. But truth be told, the path from rags to riches is longer in reality than it is on paper. What does it take to actually change your stars? How are everyday people like you and me rewriting their story? Hey guys, hope it's going well. Hope, hope all is well in your life. And if it's not, well, that's okay. That's when that's when you learn, and when you grow, and it sucks. But you push through it. That's why I went on a run this morning. I've had a, a stress fracture in my left leg and it put me out for six weeks. And today sucked <laughs> running because it doesn't hurt anymore, but my legs are not used to running. And uh, yeah, but I understand that that pain is what I have to go through to grow and improve. So if you're in one of those growing moments, understand that hopefully it's most likely going to be short lived, but that soreness is what makes you stronger. Uh, might be a mental soren- soreness, might be an emotional soreness, but if you pick yourself back up, you'll be good. All right, let's get into this road less traveled principle. Number two, producing versus consuming content. Now I'm going to be totally forthright with this and this is something I. this is one that I could definitely prove on that I'm not perfect on by any sense of the imagination so uh, me talking about this is, is as much as a learning experience as it is, is it, it's more of a learning experience than anything than a teaching experience or anything but uh I'll share a couple of interesting historical references and go over my personal story and some things that I've learned along the way and hopefully those can help you first first that personal story when I first like I grew up in a pretty rural town and we didn't have great access to computers but I remember when the internet first came out and there was this little book I bought about how to surf the internet and like it was all it was dial-up and we I'd literally like get a snack between like go cook some food between loading websites it was so slow. Um, but as I as I got on the internet I was just I was always curious like where does all this content, where does all this, I didn't call it content, but where does all this information come from? Like who's writing this information? I, I, I remember several times in my life, especially in college that I felt kind of guilty. I was like, wow, there's all these people. Like where do they get the time and the energy and the, the information, the, the know-how to build this website and, and put all this great, these blogs, this information and all this stuff out there. I was just, I was like so amazed. I remember in, I went on a, internship to korea and i thought oh, i'll start a korea blog you know it was like when blogging was cool and i probably did like four posts and i was like yeah um i did have a i did end up for that blog i ended up sneaking a picture of a bathhouse which i thought was really crazy it was like it was hard to sneak it's it's really hard to get a picture of a bathhouse without any naked bodies and i went like really early in, the, early in the morning anyway that's a that's a side tangent story uh but anyway and th- there's this i felt this I i could tell there was a difference between people that produce content and people that consumed it and i knew i was definitely a consumer um somewhere in the last like three years i like started to make a mind shift and started producing content right in, in two ways in in publishing stuff like on my feed but also just commenting on a lot of people's things and it's it's made a massive difference in my business and my life who i'm connected with and I'm, I'm forever grateful for that shift um so i'll yeah, that's, that's like my own like, quick personal journey with, with content. But I want to tell you like this idea of producing versus consuming content is not a new thing. It, it's, it's been around in every age. Right now we call it content. In ages past, they call it other things, publishing or writing or whatever. But if you, if you look back through history, the people that publish and get their voice out there are always going to be more influential, always going to have more connections, always going to be wealthier. Not just, in, not just. I'm talking financially, but emotionally. When, when I say wealth, I always mean like like emotional, spiritual, financial, it's like the people that get, put their stuff out there are always better off than the ones that, that keep silent, almost always. There's probably a few exceptions of people that put some really nasty things out there, but um, if you're putting good vibes out there, it'll always, those good vibes in the universe will always come back to help you, okay? So, and also, like, one last thing before I dive into, like, some historical references. When I say produce and consume content, I'm also talking about producing and consuming. Like, I specifically talk about content here, but a producer versus a consumer, I think that's, like, like, that's pretty, like, obvious, right? So I think, but, so you could apply this for that principle as well, but I specifically want to use content because it's, it's very relevant to our time, right? So historical references. So I, right now, I, this year I've read a few historical things so um or biographies so alex i'm in the middle of alexander hamilton's i really recommend it i read one by abraham about abraham lincoln team of rivals um genghis khan was another one he didn't publish that much so he was probably illiterate but um so he's probably one exception but uh the i don't think he was literate, but Actually, he did have he did actually have a secret history, even though he couldn't publish a lot because that, that writing wasn't his strength. He did have like scribes fall around everywhere and, and write everything he said, which is really interesting. Um, anyway, the uh, and I lived in Charlottesville this last year, and was around Monticello a lot, and it, oh, and I yeah, anyway, I'll, I'm not going to just list off all the biographies. You're going to get bored, but it, it was it's one of the common traits among all these people. Was their ability to just publish a bunch of stuff and keep it going, long, long for a long, long time for decades? And I thought that was really crazy. um So Alexander Ham, well, if you watch the the musical Hamilton, like one of the songs is like, or I don't, I don't quote me on this. He's like, he's gonna he's gonna write himself into the history, like he's going to write himself out of his troubles or write himself into success or write like he's got to write. That's like, that's his way, that's his medium for success, you know? And then sometimes it got him in trouble, but more often than not, it didn't, you know? And like, I think it's like, they, it's like 27, 26 volumes, I think is what he wrote of, of just like, his, like they took all his writings and compiled them all. And it's just massive amount of writings that he had. Um, and it was just, it was crazy what he did do. Um, the Federalist Papers he wrote in like, it was like a few months span, several months span. And they're like one of the most influential treaties on like the constitution, like probably the most influential treaties, like, or like filter on the U.S. Constitution, how it applies to society. And he like wrote most of those in a very, very quick span among doing other, running a law practice and all sorts of other things. And, uh, it's. It's fascinating to see how that his ability to publish made a huge difference in in, in his life. Thomas Jefferson who was a, a opponent to Alexander Hamlin for most of their lives or much of their lives was also like very very active in writing. I think if I remember right, it was like 18,000 letters or something that he wrote in his life. Like he just wrote to people like crazy and even had like this machine that he invented or not, improved on he invented improved on that when he wrote it like had it tied to another pen and it copied everything he wrote so you know there, there wasn't as much duplication of letters but it's just really fascinating to see on oh, abraham Lincoln's the same way like one of the the interesting parts of abraham lincoln's presidency bid was all the other men were like already influential in politics and abraham lincoln was definitely the dark horse but like he just went he just like speak and he spoke all the time and like like everybody uses like his past lectures or like, um, not lectures, um, uh, speeches. And he made sure those were published in all the papers. And like, he was very active in getting his voice out there. And I know that make, I like, well, duh, it's politics it's election. But actually back then that wasn't as, as relevant, you know, and he was able to use his, his, his published word and like these lecture series to help get his voice out there. And it, it helped him win the presidency. And so, a lot of time, like it's so easy i mean back then especially like it was so easy just to be quiet instead of like right you know and a lot of times i imagine back then too like a lot of these people were they, they had very controversial debates and had, wrote very very controversial things that got them in a lot of hot water a lot of times and even though they were they were good values right like um alexander hamilton was like an anti-slavery and a lot of people didn't like him for that But he wrote about it anyway. And so I think the tendency for us even nowadays, for any any age, is to just want to sit back in the comfort of our own minds and watch the world happen, you know? And that's most of us. And so even nowadays, with the ease of which we can get our voice out there, there is still a, a huge dearth, a huge famine of actually good content. Like people sure can post on Twitter, like comment on stuff, but very little of that is actually of, of value, right? Um, as, as like conglomerate data, it's a value, but people's just individual like rants and rate, like rants on social media are not. And so I, I think there's a strong case that if you, if you want to get ahead, if you want to network with good individuals, if you want to put your ideas out there and be an influence, you have to publish consistently, like every day consistent. You know, like anybody can start a podcast. I've had at least two, probably three people, I know three people that have reached out to me that asked about podcasts. Um, Hey, how'd you start it, any tips? And every, every time I say, just don't overthink it, just be consistent. You know, and in the, I, most of my podcasts have been in the solar world, and there's a couple of people that have consistently done theirs, but most people haven't. Um, they'll get like 10, 15 episodes in, and they just quit, you know, and so like their viewership doesn't go up. They don't have much influence because so they, just, they just quit, you know, and they put all the like, some of them put together these amazing studios. They made everything look great, but because they weren't just the like, the most important thing was content, not quality, right? And it's so, like, I literally record this for my iPhone in like my living room. Hopefully, when it's quiet, you probably hear my dog bark sometimes. But I understand that, like, it's it's imperfect, it's not great, but that's how I'm learning, and that's how you learn, and that we learn together, and that helps both of us. But if I was silent, like nobody gets helped, like there's no value in silence, you know, and so or very not there there is some, but anyway, there's no there's very little value in not publishing. I should say that, and so like as you contemplate where you're going in your life as you think about if you set goals to what you want to get there like publishing needs to be a part of that put producing content needs to be a part of that and yes it's going to be awkward yes it's going to be tough yes you're going to have people blast you on social media like <laughs> yes it's not going to be fun right unless you really like that stuff and then it'll be fun but and sometimes it is really fun um and sometimes it's really scary because people just like are really, really blunt on Facebook and you, there's no, or wherever, and they, there's no filter. Uh, but the more you put out there, the more you get back in positive growth. So think about what you can do to just put yourself out there, to provide a little bit of value to people. And, and if, if you're, if you're struggling figuring out what to post or, or whatever, you know, you feel like you're not artsy, you're not creative, a great way to publish is just comment, comment on people's stuff. And you know we we were born with one eye or you know with one we're born with two ears and one mouth and that applies to social media as well. So if you're worried about where to start publishing, just start commenting on every people everybody's stuff, and you'll be surprised the influence you get. So producing versus consuming, limit your consumption, follow your product or double down on your production, and you will be on the road less traveled.